tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week we are still we're still talking about weddings over here. So we uh, we had a little bit of a challenge for ourselves coming into uh, the Marvel universe and the DC universe because we had two big weddings or non weddings as as if as you could <laughs> say uh, in both worlds. Well, I found it funny how it's just like. Like the fever strikes, you know, it's like, hey, let's get these characters together. Both universes seem to do it. Well, let's kill this character. Both universes seem to do it. So it's just funny that, I mean, talk about the odds. Okay, two major weddings, the Bat Books, the X Books. And then, surprise, the characters that were supposed to get married don't get married. (laughs) But at least Marvel said, hey, we'll give you a wedding. DC didn't. So we're going to rectify that today. We're going to help out. So, yes, if... uh if you uh, don't know the endings to Batman, Catwoman's wedding, and uh, Kitty Pride and Colossus's wedding, uh, it's going to be spoilers later. So there you go. You've had about a month now. So it's <laughs> yeah, your fault. no, yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what's on the spinner rack. All right, so here we are, a brand new Wednesday, the best day of the week. So if you go to your local comic shop, be prepared. All right, so this is going to be a plug. I missed it for the first trade, but I'd recommend it. Aquaman by Peter David, Volume 2. Now, obviously, we have an Aquaman movie coming out, and there's going to be a slew of trades. And the question is, well, what should I read? What's worthwhile? I recommend Peter David's take on Aquaman because he gave it that majestic feel. And plus, he was the he was the writer who gave us the whole long hair, beard, hook-handed Aquaman. So I kind of feel like, as we joke, you know, the momification of Aquaman, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is what justifies Jason Momoa being Aquaman. He was the one who kind of took us there first. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think that that era of Aquaman is definitely the look that we were, that they're going for in this new Aquaman movie. But I also feel like... um, Jeff Johns's Aquaman New Fifty Two. Oh yeah, when he was, did that run was definitely is definitely story wise like. Oh yeah, for, for sure. The look would be David, right? But the story would be Johns. Mm-hmm. No, I I could wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, since we're talking about Aquaman writers, real quick, you know, who actually had a pretty solid run on Aquaman that, that I was surprised. Eric Larson. Oh really, yeah, Mr. The image uh, guy, right? Savage, Savage Dragon, Dragon, yeah. yeah. Um, it was right around. I want to say he took the book. I think he got the book right after Peter David. And it was like around issue 50 or something like that. And I just, I jumped on it because at the time it was, you know, JLA was out there and the big seven all had books. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let me try it Aquaman. And I think the first, like you started with the Aquaman secret files and then it was like to be continued in issue 50 and then all that. And he actually had a really solid run. Um, if I remember correctly, I think though that was the era where it's like Aquaman was like, well, I'm not going to bother with Mara. I'm going to start dating Dolphin. And Dolphin's usually typically associated with Tempest. Right. So it's kind of like you're dating your sidekick's girlfriend. Yep. So it's like, I feel like maybe the bat offices took that where it's like, hey, hey, <laughs> that creates drama. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get Batman and Batgirl. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So worth checking out. If you got some extra cash, I- I'd put it in your pocket there. Um, Batman, Tina. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the hardcover. The Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff has been fantastic. They're great reads. They're fun. And it takes just the best parts of both elements and puts them together. And, like, just how awesome. Like, this one, there was a lot more Bane. So how cool is it to see Bane and the Shredder and, you know, Mm. that whole dark shadowy feel to it. So I thought those were fun books. They're just great. I feel like you combine those two and you get that... uh, that that super shredder at the end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Yeah, there 2. you go, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> and we just need a little vanilla ice dance music. There. Oh, no, we don't need any of that. Oh, you can. Yes, you do. Never. <laughs> All right, uh, moving along. Catwoman number two will be out. This will shed some light on the many different Catwomen that are out there. 
You know, I, I'm going to be honest, and I know we talked about this when we did our special, the roundtable. I felt that first issue, I mean, it was a good first issue, but it felt so disconnected from the wedding. Mm -hmm. So I hope this issue kind of gives us a little bit of insight to Selena's feelings and, you know, what was going on. But obviously there's a story beat that Tom King, Tom King is playing towards. So this, you know, Catwoman might not be the book for it. So it's, you know, we're searching for the why, and we might not see that here. But anyways, um, Detective Comics 986 is out there, and this will continue on with the new writer. Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, uh, Brian Hill. And so this is kind of his take on the Outsiders. It looks really exciting. Like, I mean, uh, to me... Like, I've always felt sad when they took Katana and put her in the Suicide Squad. I felt she was better. I mean, yes, maybe she's the handler, but I don't feel like she gets portrayed as a handler. I feel like she gets portrayed as a criminal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Definitely. But it's neat to see, you know, Black Lightning, Katana, and Batman together. And especially, like, I mean, they're, they're dealing with Brainiac in this arc. So mm. it's like, that's kind of cool, you know? Like... I mean, we love when Superman and Brainiac can fight, but it is kind of neat to see, all right, how does Batman take on Brainiac? And especially when you got things like Brother Eye, you know, like, does that, you know, could that come into play? So I don't know. Um, you know, with uh, bringing up Katana, and I know, oh, wait, so I know that the the Superman, uh, the one from China. Okay, yes. I know he has his own Justice League China or whatever it is. or Yeah, his, well, his league. Yeah, his yeah. league. Um, but I think it'd be cool if, like, uh, you know, you did a book where it's Katana and Judo Master and the Superman and, you know, I don't know what they would do, but it's the all-Asian, <laughs> you know, team for whatever reason. Well, I think it'd be neat, like, especially have them there. So it's like, oh, okay, because we were independent heroes. We don't get to be part of your league where you're knocking off. Right. The, you know, it's <laughs> like, so you want a Green Lantern or a Martian Manhunter, but you don't want a Katana or a Judo Master. <laughs> okay, fine. I think that'd just be kind of funny, you know, sometimes all those work. Um, let's see, moving along. So Flash number 52 will be out. Uh, the Flash War has ended, and, you know, Wally and Barry are now on their own paths. And Barry's path will be continuing on exploring the new forces. So the still force, the strength force, and I forget what they call the mental one, but that, that sage force, I think it was, mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is, I, I don't want to be negative, but I don't care for that. You know, like, <laughs> I like the idea of the still force. But then wouldn't that be almost like a negative speed force, which is something we do have, you know, like, right. I kind of liked how John's had this idea when he was, you know, helming the two. Okay, so you have your emotional spectrum, and that's really neat because it's still light based, you know, it's still Green Lantern-y enough to work. When he and you know and Green Lantern is space, so that means Flash is time. So time and space. I thought that was so cool, and it's like all right, this is neat. And then you know he gave us the negative Speed Force. I didn't like the fact that they made Barry be the engine mm -hmm. for the Speed Force. I think it should have just been its own thing. So you know that would be something I would choose to do. But I don't know. I just like these other ideas where it's like so you have the fastest man alive, the strongest man alive the most mental man alive or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like the stillest man alive, you know? It's like, I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me, you know? Like maybe that's something you could play with in another character, but to me, Flash should be, you know, speed and time. Those are the things I dig. But anyways, so, you know, new arc is starting here. Uh, this is the big one. Green Lantern, or sorry, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 50. Final issue. Um, now, before everybody pulls their hair out, because I know a couple months back, everybody was reporting it. They're canceling Green Lantern. There's plans, you know. Right. They're gonna They're going to cancel this current iteration of the book. They're going to get way more sales if they release it as a number one. You got Green Lantern. Or sorry, you got Green Lantern. You got Grant Morrison. You got Liam uh, Sharp working on this book. Well, not Green Lantern himself. He'll be starring in it. <laughs> but you've got them together. So, yeah, it's definitely going to bring up some numbers. So, I... Uh, I'm excited to see the story over. I mean, I've been enjoying, but this has been a long burn. And it's like, thank goodness we have the double ship, you know, two books a month. Because it's like, if I had to wait a month between issues, I would have lost it. Like this, I want to say this story has been like close to 10 issues now. It's 
dragging. So it's kind of like, all right, let's let's go after it. But anyways, I'm excited to see how it's going to conclude. Uh, this is Robert Vendetti's swan song with the Green Lantern Corps, so it'll be kind of kind of interesting to see. And speaking of Robert Vendetti, he's on Hawkman right now. So Hawkman issue three comes out. I've been mean, hearing good stuff, so it sounds like he's really uh, doing some neat things with the Hawkman mythos over there. That's interesting because I, I, I have issue one. I think I have issue two. I just have not read them yet. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm glad to hear that you're hearing interesting things. That way I, I can get into it. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how they read. Um, Immortal Men number five will be out. That's that's a book you're reading, right? Didn't you read? Immortal I did. Men? I, I've read the first two issues, and uh, I mean, I think I'll give it one more issue, even though I think I have four issues. You like, probably backlog, ordered up to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not going anywhere for me. Like it's. Mm, I don't know. And that's a shame because it, it sounds like a neat concept, but it, it's unfortunate. I think it's probably going to get talked to death in the book as opposed to you seeing something from it. Well, I think one of the problems I have with something like that is like you're introducing these characters into the DC universe, and you're, you're, but then you're also saying, telling me that, oh, well, these characters have been around forever. Like they've been in the shadows of the DC universe. It's like, come on. We've had the DC universe for 80 years now. I don't... <laughs> There's not really, there can't be that many shadows that we haven't already opened, you know what I mean? Like, how is there tribes, at least seven, I think it's seven tribes or something like that, of these immortal people that are just hiding that, you know, Superman or Batman have never come across? You know, I, I agree with you on that, because I do, I, I hate when they, like, implant stuff like that, because you're right, it's like, how does somebody like Martian Manor, who's a telepath and he's got his mind open all the time, how does he not pick up that static? How does that work? I mean, you got to really sell it hard for me to believe because, like, okay, this is where I'm going to be an naysayer, but it's like the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. When I first read it, like the opener, I didn't care. I was like, oh, cool. Here's a group of owls that have been around Gotham and Batman just never heard of it. But at least they were a strong enough set of characters that it's like, I'll swallow the weak origin just so I could keep them in the, in the, the storyline. Yeah, now. no, I think I'm, I'm the exact same way with the quarter hours. It's like, how could, how could we have never heard of these things? How could Batman never come across that, that hidden floor on all these buildings that have, right? that are owned by, it's like, really? The man spends how much time jumping from rooftop to rooftop? He's never noticed that, Hey, there's a missing floor, but yeah, uh, the, the story itself becomes so strong that you're like, okay, I can, I can look past. I can that. look past it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whereas so. this, the story is not strong enough yet. Yeah, and to me, it's like uh, when I was thinking Immortal Man, I'm thinking, okay, well, bring back Immortal Man, Mitch. Bring back or put, you know, it's Resurrection re- Man. Re- resurrection. There goes. Sorry. So bring back Resurrection Man. Uh, put Rachel Ghoul in there. Vandal put Savage. Vandal Savage. You know, take those Immortal Men that are already there. Exactly. And like start either establishing that they had passed. Or that they're building for something that sounds that, but instead, yeah, you're you're injecting new characters in that. It's not just like one character. I can I can almost I can understand like one character, like one person that's lived forever, and you're like, oh, well, he's just really good at hiding because he lived forever. Yeah. No, these are tribes of people that have just yeah, been that's... hiding. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it seems a little too hard to swallow there, but that's eh, out there. So if that's your bag, that's your bag. Uh, <laughs> Justice League number two is getting a second printing. So if you missed what everybody's talking about, go out and get yourself a copy. Well worth it. Plastic Man number three will be out. Um, have you read one and two yet? I read number one. Well, I, what did you think? Worth I, it? I loved it. Yeah, it was definitely good. It's it's interesting. It's it, the retelling of the the origin Ooh. and, and uh, you know, kind of you're painting eel as because it's kind of a retelling but then it's also like not because like you're he's he's kind of going over it again in his mind Mm. over everything that happened and how he was a terrible person and stuff like that so it's it's great and and trust me i have all the faith in gail simone i think she's a very strong writer yeah so so i i'm with it for at least a little while well, it's a six issue, so hopefully it'll give us a conclusion. So yeah, oh, there you I'll, go. I'll be borrowing your back issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving along, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 25 will be out. That's where we start seeing the new costume. Okay, I might go against the, the countercult or the, the culture here. I think it's kind of neat looking. I don't. I hate yeah? it. I think it looks <laughs> terrible. But I, I go ahead. What do you what do you have to say about it? I, well, the redesign just does not work for me. You know, I, I guess for me, like I laugh because, okay, I love the jacket that he had prior to that. 
Like from the neck down, I enjoy the costume. I think it's great. But then I do get a chuckle when he's wearing a hood and then you take the hood off and there's a domino mask still. <laughs> yeah. I just get a laugh at it. It's like either do the domino mask or just do the hood. But see, you know? I think that that's it's supposed to be played for a chuckle. Like it's 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 purely sentimental reasons. If you look at it through oh, Jason I Todd's, can, yeah, yeah, I can see that it's regard. Purely sentimental, but like the idea of uh, a writer and artist like creating it so that he's still wearing it underneath there is, is definitely a chuckle. It's like this is ridiculous. Why would he? Why would he still be wearing a domino mask? Yeah. So, so I I just think that the the actual helmet to me is much better than the half mask that he's wearing the red half mask that's yeah, over just his chin yeah. yeah and then the the hood like i get it he's he's the, he's the hood. red hood but you're giving him a hoodie like the hoodie is so overplayed now <laughs> it's everywhere luke cage is now wearing a hoodie all the time you know uh i mean cloak from cloak and dagger he wears a hoodie now um I don't know who else. Oh, you got I mean Scarlet Spider, but I mean he had the hoodie way back when, so that's he, fine. Yeah, he was making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I agree with you. I just I don't know. Like maybe like obviously I would need to read the issue, but the the the, the image that they put out there, I I thought it was like okay, this looks cool. I do I do have to say I'm digging the logo though. I don't I think okay. that one like for sure I think that's a great logo because it's like when they were just using a red bat mm-hmm. it's like oh you know I get it he's still tied to the Batman mythos but this one it's like yeah you could argue the Nightwing when you look at his logo his brand it kind of echoes to Batman but it doesn't look like a bat right. so I think that's neat that it's like okay we see that stepping out you know so I, at least I'd like that part I will you know check it out in action and be like okay let me see how this looks but I don't know I just when I saw that first image the one that everybody was like oh this is garbage I was like no it actually looks pretty solid you know? <laughs> hey but, no we're, everybody's their own thing you know yeah. so well, yeah so anyway so this is a big anniversary issue you know obviously some changes so good time to be jumping on um, this is a tough sell for me but I'm going to put it out there for you Sandman Universe number one I have never read anything of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman or any of that stuff. And I just hear nothing but people saying, this is amazing, it's epic. And he is a talented writer, but I'm going to be honest with you. Outside of his Miracle Man and uh, 1602, I can't jump to anything where I'm like, oh my God, Neil Gaiman. Like, I have to buy it just on his name alone. So yeah, for me, uh, you know, it's a tough sell. I know he's a great writer too, and yeah, but I've, just, I've never read Sandman uh I don't know what of uh, I've always wanted to read. What was it? Never, quite never something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, ever. I don't know. It's something out there, and I should have <laughs> learned what it is before I said something. But uh, I, I just know that he's supposed to be a great writer. I just haven't read anything. Yeah. So sixteen oh two, I have read though, which yeah. I do enjoy. You know, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it was a it was a weird book. It's a weird it, book. It, it deserves a reread in my <laughs> mind's eye. Maybe I'll process it better now that I'm older. But I just remember it, reading it, and it was like. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. And then the conclusion just like, like to me, it's like, so did this happen in the mainstream comics? Like they just kind of got pulled out of the 616, put into a weird adventure and then got (laughs) shipped forward. You know, I don't know. So, I mean, it was beautiful art. Richard Eisenhove. Wow. That guy, he's got some skills. Um, but anyways, moving along, Superman number two will be out continuing the adventures of Brian Michael Bendis as the new man of steel. Titans number 24 will be out. Um, that's the issue before the big 25. So you never know what can happen. And Wonder Woman will be celebrating her 52nd issue. So a lot of good stuff coming out of DC Comics. Now, as we move along to the other side of the fence with Marvel Comics for this week, we will be seeing uh, Amazing Spider-Man number three. I'm liking Amazing Spider-Man. Like today, I actually just, like, catching up for the new issue, I, I just read Amazing Spider-Man number two. It was so cool to see a happy Peter Parker. Mm. Even though everything's shit, you know, it was still neat to see a, a happy Peter Parker. And I'll elaborate on that more when we talk about what we're reading. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 22 will be out there. Captain America number one is getting a second printing. I recommend number one. That was a great issue of Captain America. Uh, I'll elaborate on that more when we, when we go out there, but I'd recommend picking it up if you already haven't. Uh, Champions number 23 will be out there. Cosmic Ghost Rider number one is getting a third printing. This miniseries wow. is getting a third printing. If you just want to have some fun with comic books and like look at the panel for every crazy little thing you're going to see, that's the book for you. It's just fun to enjoy and read. Uh, Daredevil number 606 will be out there. 
Death of the Inhumans number one is getting a second printing. Uh, that book has been pretty crazy. I'm hearing like I think they killed Lockjaw, like for real killed. Wow. Um, I think in the last issue we had Black Bolt get his uh, throat slashed. So it's like holy crap. Like I'm not a fan of the Inhumans uh, just because I never got into them. But now I'm not a fan of them because of how you know they were trying to take the X Men spot. <laughs> but it's like man, I feel for them. There so, was a, a one of our, our our mutual friends was telling me about a I don't remember which book it. Was was but he was telling me i think it was the black bolt book okay he was telling me to read it because he's like he's like uh i know you like the movie cube and he said that it's very much like that it's black bolt stuck inside of a prison that kind of changes on him but he also doesn't have his powers and i was like oh that's interesting like to see i mean i know i haven't read a lot of inhuman books in general but to see black bolt have to deal with something without having his ability to to yell or whatever well, and it's just so interesting because he's so used to being restrained, mm-hmm. and now here's an opportunity to be outside that. That right. does sound kind of interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to maybe look into that then. Uh, Doctor Strange number three got a second printing. Now, the reason I think this got the second printing, and I'm not sure, so if you're keeping up with the Infinity Countdown that has now become the Infinity Wars, it went from Super Scroll having the Time Stone to Doctor Strange having the Time Stone. So I think that may have been the issue. I don't know. I was kind of bummed that, you know, I wasn't told to, like, go here next. You know, he just <laughs> appears in the book. And, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'd rather it be Doctor Strange than, you know, Super Scroll. But, I, yeah, so I'm thinking that's why that must have gotten the second printing. Uh, Domino will have her issue five. Wait. So in we know that in the MCU, we ha- Doctor Strange has the Time Stone or did have the Time Stone before yes. Infinity War. Uh, do you remember back in the Illuminati days if he had the time stone? Oh, gosh. I'd, I'll stone? have to look that up. So when we're talking about some stuff, I'll double check. But that would be interesting to see that. Yeah. What if in the Illuminati, the MCU characters had the stone mm-hmm. that they had in the movie? Maybe they did use as a blueprint. I'll have to check that. It's a good question. Uh, well, let's see. Keeping going. Uh, Domino celebrates her fifth issue. That's also Gail Simone as well, yeah. correct? Yeah. It's funny so, that she's working at both companies right now. Yeah, it's, it's neat to see her back at it. Um, and now here's the big moment. Fantastic Four number one. No, no. They're back. I'm excited. I, I am... I might have to take the day off from work so I can just read and absorb that <laughs> issue. I, I can't wait. Uh, this has covers uh variant covers out the wazoo i'm looking at the listing here it has all the way up to cover z1 so that's what 27 variant well 26 variant covers because you have the the regular one and whatnot uh so anyways yeah and now don't be fooled this is where i'm gonna put my own two sets in so the comic book stars are gonna have this heroes reborn fantastic ford trade paperback don't waste your time (laughs) (laughs) the heroes reborn stuff just turned out to be a big like the best thing about heroes reborn is that it ended and it led to heroes returned which really gave a nice shot in the arm for all the uh marvel characters well the avengers and fantastic four in particular um hunt for wolverine adamantium agenda number four comes to a conclusion then there is a marvel two-in-one epic epic collection actually no i'm sorry i misspeak that epic collection will be the old marvel two-in-one so if you want to read some comics from about the late 70s that might be a pickup but if you've been enjoying the recent marvel two-in-one i would wait because that's not the same series Old Man Logan is at is celebrating its 45th issue, and I believe they have plans to cancel that book at 50. So this could be kind of the uh, start of a last arc. Spider-Man will be getting an annual for issue, or his first annual for the new Spider-Man book. Uh, it's going to have a beautiful Chris Anka cover. I wish he was doing more with um, interiors. I mean, I love his art and stuff like that, but you know, if you want a really strong Miles Morales story, uh, this is going to be by Brian Hilligan of Detective Comics. He's a great writer. I, I don't know if he's been out there more in the independent scene, but right now he's definitely working for the big two, and I, I enjoy it. So this is kind of neat to see Miles Morales. Basically, he's going to be kind of fighting off his own uh, secret invasion of the Super Scrolls, and that'll be kind of neat to see because we didn't see Miles Morales back then during the secret invasion. Right. He was part of the ultimate stuff. Right. Um, Spider-Man Deadpool issue 37 will be out there. Spider-Man Craven's last hunt deluxe edition hardcover. Now, you know, I know you've got some favoritism towards Craven. Um, that's one of those big stories. We, we did an episode on it. It kind of fell flat towards the conclusion, but if you're <laughs> a major fan, 
Um, and it is beautiful art. I will give it that. The art was very, very amazing. They're putting out a deluxe edition of it, so that could be worthwhile. Thor number two will be getting a second printing. And then now finally we are at X-Men Blue number 33. So this is going to be leading us towards the uh, extermination event, which will be exciting because this issue 33 will happen. And then the following week, so next Wednesday, we'll have extermination number one. So we'll get a little bit of alternating between the books. So if you want to see what's going to happen to the 05 X-Men, that's the place to be. And that's what's on your spinner racks. Going back to bringing up Craven. Uh, the, I think you know the idea that he's going to be becoming more popular here in the Marvel comics again. Um, Sony has went ahead and made another uh, made announcement once again for their Spider-Man adjacent universe that they're creating over there. That right. they are going to be having a uh, Craven the Hunter movie being worked on. Wow! So if you want, if for those keeping score at home, we have a uh, we we are starting with the Venom movie, yeah, which I Venom. which uh, I honestly think this is going to be the 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 canary in the mine for for oh, m- yeah. most of them. If they, it leaves, keep working. If it dies, abandon all hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, we've already lost Sinister Six, so they're not adverse to saying no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. So uh, from there, they went to Black Cat and, and Silver Sable, or Black and Silver. Uh, that movie has since been put on indefinite hold. Uh, as of right now, so they don't know where they're going to be doing with wow. that. Yeah, and see if they had led with that, I think they could have had a stronger, stronger set. Because if you think about this, okay, Wonder Woman is the first. Like, I mean, I know we've had stuff, Tank Girl, and other movies right, right. like that. But this is like of modern times of modern superheroics. Your very first female led blockbuster. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like I said, I know the Catwoman's out there, I know Electra's out there, but this one puts it on the map. We don't have the team one yet. No, nope. that could have been the way to go. That would have I been. Think a, they missed that opportunity because I mean, people are excited about Birds of Prey, you know, and it's like, oh man, they could have beaten them with Black and Silver, with Black Cat and Silver Sable, and and done something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, my own two cents. No, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, and then I mean, obviously, you got Captain Marvel coming out, and you know, there's the Black Widow movie possibly, in which the idea of a duo or a team coming up in the Black Widow movie, you know, solo movie, could be a thing. Uh, they've been talking about A-Force for a while now, like all the female Marvel characters in the MCU coming together to make up their own team. All right. Um, but, so Black and Sable is kind of put on, on the shelf. Uh, we have Morbius, who uh, Jared Leto has said that he's going to be playing, and that, that's a movie that's going to happen. Um, uh, we have Craven, and I, I want to say there's one more out there, and I can't think of what it is at the moment. But it's another Spider-Man, and it has to be Spider-Man villains because everybody—that's all they've got. It's all he's got. Yeah, they—they they don't. They have Spider-Man characters. They don't have anything else. I just can't remember what it was. But hmm. that's—it's interesting that we keep getting all these Sony announcements of, "Hey, we're gonna make this character into a movie. <laughs> we're gonna make that character into a movie." And you're like, "Hey, how about you just, you know, make movies?" Yeah, it's like, don't tell us about all these what ifs. That's what we exist for. Yeah, give us the real thing. You know. So, yeah, Craven the Hunter, and like I said, one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man villains, so it'd be interesting to see what they end up doing with him. You know, so they haven't made any casting announcements, right? No, but they did make an, a, a casting announcement for in the Spider-Man Far From Home movie, which has Ooh, Dimitri okay. in it. And, a and lot isn't of, that the son of well, Craven? No, no, it's the, the his brother, the chameleon. Oh, okay. Now I'm excited. Yeah, I love the chameleon. I think he's a great <laughs> Spider-Man villain. So yeah, there's uh, a lot of people are speculating that that's the chameleon that will be in the movie. Uh, who knows though? Oh man, that would be awesome because you know it'd be kind of a, maybe a neat nod to like maybe in the opening of Spider-Man: Homecoming. You know those those robbers wore the Avengers mask. Mm-hmm. Maybe after he got arrested, he's like, I gotta up my game. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have been the guy who was in the Captain America right. mask. He was the leader of those guys. <laughs> uh, okay, just to, just to follow up, uh, we went, I went and looked at the Wikipedia page for the Illuminati and the Infinity Gems. So if I'm reading this right, you have the Soul Gem, which was held by uh, Doctor Strange. The time gem was held by Iron Man. The Space Gem is Namor. The Mind Gem was Professor X. The Reality Gem was Black Bolt. And the Power Gem was Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Hmm, interesting. So. And you know, it's kind of funny. Like, 
I mean, they're, they're still good picks, but sometimes they they usually try to tailor it to people. So like, I like that Xavier got the mind, right? But that's the only one that I felt fit. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, like I would have given Soul space G- to Black Bolt. Yeah, that would make more sense. And the Soul Gem, uh, I don't know. I, I Power Gem would definitely go to Namor. I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got to be strong to live under the sea. He's the man of the two worlds. It's all about being on Earth. Yeah. So the Soul Gem might it should have went to Iron Man. I mean, you know, he did fight his alcoholism. That's an internal battle. That might be. You know, there was character growth. Or do you think Soul was was better with Doctor Strange since he's mysticism? You know, and that's a tough one because. Or should that be Rowdy? Oh wait, who did you just say? That should have been who? Doctor Strange should have been reality. Yeah, because to me, with the astral plane, right, that makes more sense. I look at that one. So yeah, still, I I guess the Iron Man would have to be the Soul Gem because that's the only one that would fit if we're going with just what fits. Yeah, that's what I would have gone with because again, you know, I mean, he's he's undergone a lot of character development. So then you give Mister Fantastic the Time Gem because science. Yeah, (laughs) science. (laughs) Well, but then again, and that's a tough one because then you know maybe he could have gotten space, but I give it to Black Bolt because of the Kree space connection in that one. Um, You know, or maybe maybe okay, Iron Man has done some time travel, so we give him the time gem. Well, that's and then you give that uh, Soul Gem. You give it to Mister Fantastic because maybe that's the thing he needs work on, kind of like a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, obviously, it has Mr. Fantastic as the owner for all of the gems, because right before the Illuminati, I guess after the Infinity War, the original Infinity War, he held on to all of them, and he was like, yeah, that's way too much power for me to have, <laughs> so maybe we split these up amongst us. He gave them all a bunch of fake ones. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that either. rhinestones, that way you can feel like you're doing something. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this. What have you been reading this week? You you alluded to it a couple a couple of titles this earlier. Yeah, so I really wanted to make sure I jumped. Like, I want to try to stay consistent. Um, you know, work's fired back up. And so I wanted to stay to reading my comics. So I uh, tried to jump on my, my top three picks, but I only got to read two out of three from each of the universes. So the first book I read was Mr. Miracle number 10. Wow. Like, seriously, if you're having a bad day, go read that issue <laughs> because Scott's having a bad day. Not and Scott. What's that? Oh, or, yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah, Scott right. Free, yeah, yeah, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. Um, he's having a bad day because – so, you know, if you haven't been reading the series, then I haven't been doing my job of promoting it. Um, it's a beautiful book. The art is great. The, the, the facial expressions are spot on. Mitch Gerard is just killing it. The colors are fantastic. I need to learn who's doing the colors on that book because it's been beautiful. And just Tom King is really going in the depths of the mind and the soul of Scott Free. And, you know, so the last issue, we basically see the wars continuing, the war between New Genesis and Apocalypse. And Apocalypse is basically going to win. So that's Darkseid and his evil minions, and they're going to kill heaven. And, it, you know, finally Darkseid is like, hey, look, I'll let it go. I'll stop if you give me your firstborn child. And this is such a huge dilemma for Scott Free because that's exactly what happened to him. And, you know, so throughout the issue, he's thinking about it. You know, it's like, well, what is the right choice? Is the right choice to be a father and protect my son? Or is the right choice to take care of my country as a king? And that's a tough damn dilemma. And, you know, so he's weighing through it and he's thinking about it. And Wait, he's the king of New Genesis? Yeah, because in this story, they killed High Father. Oh, okay. So High Father died. So then Orion actually got the crown. So Orion was acting way weird. And he basically put Scott on trial and was like, basically, like, I'm going to kill you. But it's like, Orion, you're a pretender to the throne. You're not the real. Well, he's the adopted. Yeah, son. he's the adopted son. So Scott is just like done playing this, you know, charade and smacks him down and is like, you know, ah, like literally just screaming at him. Um, so he becomes the, the king of New Genesis. And, you know, and it's all a big setup because what's neat about this story, you don't know if this is really happening like, is this all happening in Scott's mind? Is Scott trapped somewhere? Did he die? Because the opening, he commits suicide. Right. You know, but he supposedly lives. Well, of course he lives. He's going to escape death, but you don't know. Like, so there's so much weirdness to it. And I love the way they do on some of the panels. They have that. You remember when you would watch a bad VCR tape and when it would go over that, like, bent film, it the would tracking. get those squigglies. Yeah. Like they do that. And it's like, okay, so something happened there. Why that panel? What, you know, what is it alluding to? Um, and to issue 10 is the last issue. 
No, so we were 10, 11, and 12, so okay, we got through. 12, so we're on okay. the, the, the high end of the final arc here. But anyways, with this issue, like it's Scott dealing with the dilemma. Um, he actually gets visited by Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, and uh, Michael Carter, Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And it was just neat to see them there. And, you know, it's like, man, how cool is that? That even when superheroes are having a shitty day, they, they see their buddies and, you know, they talk it out. And the three of them are drunk. And I know you'll love this because they're wearing their costumes, but it's not their costumes. So, like, Scott Free is wearing, like, a button-up uh t-shirt a collared tee and it's like it's kind of yellow and then it's got the red trim and the dots on it really? so it looks like a mr miracle shirt but it's not mr miracle uh, ted cord's wearing a blue jacket and it's partially zipped up and then the zipper's got a beetle on it yeah. and then uh booster gold is wearing you know basically a t-shirt that would look like a a, a booster gold t-shirt uh-huh. so i'm like man diamond distributors better get their like clothing department on it because it's like because <laughs> i would totally buy that mr F- uh, miracle shirt i was like that is a cool looking shirt i'll have to send you the panel i would definitely go for the um, booster gold shirt that, yeah, that's pretty awesome they were they were awesome so it was just neat to see that and then there's a scene where scott is just not handling it like he he doesn't know what to do so when he goes to order the birthday cake for his son he's talking to the birthday cake lady about it he's like well there's a work thing on sunday so mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't have the party but maybe i should ditch the work thing but it's the fight between all my kingdom and she's like Okay, so I'll have it ready by Friday. <laughs> then he goes to like a CVS type store and he's buying a couple of things. And the guy's like, oh, do you have a super savers card? And he's like, no, but can I ask you a question? Yeah. What would you do if you could do this or what would you could do that? And it just shows the panel of the guy and he's just like, um. and then it gets weird because then he's like, gosh, if only there was a life equation where you could put something in and it would tell you or you could put your problems in and it'll tell you the amount of happiness that comes out of it. Because maybe it's better for you to be a happy father taking care of your son or maybe it's better for you to be a happy king and take care of your kingdom. Yeah. And it's like, well, obviously, what does dark side always want to acquire? Anti-life, anti-life equation. So I was like, ooh, ooh, this is too much for a guy who works at CBS. Um, but I'm happy. Uh, like, I, I'll, I will look up the, uh, the employee's name and it's like that character we need more of him (laughs) so that was just a great issue like i said i was kind of i'll be honest i was kind of having a bad day on wednesday and or that last wednesday and reading that it was like it kind of just gave me some good perspective um batman number 52 came out that week as well and you know it continues on with a you know 12 angry batman as i'm going to start calling it or 12 cold jurors maybe and it was just exciting because bruce wayne really steps up as the man in white and he's like okay there's three pieces of evidence but let's analyze analyze it you know so like the easy one is the confession of mr freeze and it's like well yeah batman beat him up terrorized him of course he's going to say he's guilty he doesn't want to get beat by batman anymore and i love how he brought something to the reader's attention you know especially i'm going to get a little bit of a soapbox here but wasn't the phrase you know innocent until proven guilty and proven guilty beyond the shadow of a doubt and in this age of social media justice you know, we get our pitchforks and torches awfully damn quick and we don't let due process happen. And I like how Batman explained that. And it's like, unless you can really see that it was Mr. Freeze who did this, we don't know, you know, because when Gordon and his men found the three dead women, there was no signs of temperature death. They just died of blood clots. But when Batman goes to the morgue to investigate, he sees the temperature threat. How does Gordon miss that? So what happened between Gordon and Batman? So boom, that eliminates that. Well, not eliminates, but it puts doubt on the evidence. Um, the other one, oh yeah, Victor Freeze was in his costume. His parole states that he can't be in his costume. He's under house arrest. So why was he in his costume hiding? Well, maybe he wants to get prepared because what happens when Batman and Freeze talk? They don't talk. It's a fist to the face. You know, so Bruce Wayne is the guy who puts a lot of doubt. So it was just a great issue, a great read. And I love the last page where, you know, like one lady stands up and she's like, yeah, but you're making us assume you're making all this up. And it's an assumption based on the fact that Batman is not good at what he does. So how can you prove that Batman's not good at what he does? And and it's Bruce Wayne. He's like, let me tell you why. (laughs) And and then it ends. And you're like, oh, my God, is he going to reveal his identity to these 11 people? You know, because even he's starting to realize he's mad because Catwoman left him. Right. You know, he's hurting. So he's just lashing out. But anyways, I thought that was great. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number two. I was catching up on that. That came out the week prior to last week. Um, And it was great because it's it's Pete and MJ. They're back together. 
You know, they're 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 in love, and even Spider Man knows he's like, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, my doctorate got taken away, and I lost my job because they're assuming that I I I I, I lied about my doctorate. But it's okay because I've got MJ, and it's <laughs> like that is true. Like when you're in love. Doesn't matter. You can have a shitty day, but when you have somebody there, it makes it that much better. So it was just a neat little reminder. Like I don't know, maybe the book just seemed a little bit more colorful because of that. But I thought that was neat. You know, it just kind of hit me in the old ticker. Um, and it's exciting to see what's going to happen. Taskmaster and Black Ant made an appearance in that one. Oh wow! So it was kind of neat to see them. You know, be buffoons. Like in this version, obviously they're they're buffoons because they're just I mean, there for comical humor. That's kind of what they've become. They've be, they've become the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the the Marvel universe. They they're, <laughs> they're always around. They're they they are witnesses to the events, but they uh, they stay out of it, or at least they stay on the on the sidelines as much as they can. So there we go. We want blue and gold versus white and black, black and white. <laughs> you know? yeah. So there we go. That'd be a fun little crossover there. But yeah, fun issue. Um, you know, today the new issue comes out, so I'm excited to see the continuation of that. And again, last week Captain America number two came out. I was hyped to read it, and I'm not gonna lie, it was a very slow read. Like when I read issue number one, that was awesome. Issue number two, it felt like they drew these nice, colorful, splashy pages, and there were like a minimum of like four to seven words per page, but the last page made it all worthwhile, because basically Ross is like, how do we know we can trust you, Steve? You know, I mean, the other Steve looks just like you, is you. How do we know who's who, you know? And and Teneste Coates does a good job of making it a little political because now it's like, well, hey, you know, there's no more of your bleeding hearts out there in Washington, D.C., you know, allusions to the left and the right. And it's like, I speak for the president. We don't want you out there. We can take care of this ourselves, you know? So it's kind of interesting to see that play. But, you know, Steve's not going to back down, especially like right now we have um, Nuke, a bunch of nukes running around and, you know, they're soldiers and they're mad because their fellow soldiers died fighting Hydra. Well, who was Hydra? Steve. So this is the continuation book from Secret Empire. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually need to go back because I think Linnell Francis Yu, I think he was the artist on the Secret Wars, or sorry, the Secret Empire uh, finale book. Omega, maybe it was called. I forget. Sometimes they just finale or Omega. But, you know, like I said, so I, I think we're going to see the return of Stevel. Um, this arc, if I remember correctly, I think it's called Winter in America. So we've even seen some action in the Soviet, you know, like where they, they kidnapped like two Soviet characters. They kidnapped um, or they, they freed one of their own. They killed some Hydra people. So it's kind of like, hey, we're good people over here. But it makes me interested because it's like, well, could this be a Bucky arc? Because winter in America, the Soviets are, you know, overcoming some stuff. So it's like, ooh, maybe we'll see some good Bucky action here. So it was just a great read. And like I said, it was it was a slow build in the issue. Like it probably could have been done in five pages but the last page you know where it's like you know because they're basically questioning cap like hey who do you work for who can you like can we trust you and whatnot and he wants to believe it but he can't so then finally he pulls out this little box opens it and there's the beads well we know Mm. where beads come from Mm -hmm. and he touches the one and bam there's black panther and you know his council and it's like all right steve here we go it's like whoa wait a second you know we're gonna use a a word that's crazy but collusion Mm. is this collusion okay or not so i don't know so it it definitely that that last page redeemed the whole comic so i'm excited for that so that's what i've been reading uh i myself had not gotten around to reading anything again this week (laughs) Uh, i'm sorry everyone but when you were talking about the 12 angry jurors Batman or whatever uh, storyline, and I uh, it gave me an idea for a Batman story, and uh, it, I mean, it, I think someone might have. I, I don't know if someone's done this exactly yet, but I know it kind of got done with the Zur and Ra Batman. Okay. Uh, but what if Batman has a serious, like, nervous breakdown, right? Okay. Serious, like, like uh, meltdown altogether. And to everybody else, he seems normal. He's doing his normal thing. But an introduction of a new villain or a new vigilante uh, is in Gotham. And this vigilante, all he, all he, this vigilante does is uh, undermine Batman. Come in, take down his stuff, you know, prove that he's doing things wrong, you know, maybe even say that he's making up evidence against these people. Come to find out that it's actually Batman himself... He's split his personality, and this other personality is coming in, and like he's he's essentially just fighting himself. 
Ooh, that'd be Obviously crazy. never in the same place at the same time, but Batman comes in afterwards and he's looking at the evidence of who this new vigilante is and 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 stuff like that. Just like uh, in the Batman the Enemy series with the the judge or was it was it the Enemy series or was Yeah, that? because that was Two-Face. Yeah, it was Two-Face. Yeah, he yeah. Had the third person. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting story? You know, I like that and especially like I mean, if you do it well enough cuz that's the beauty of comics. We never hear voices. And you can draw panels to where stuff isn't, you know, you're not sure. Like, well, was Batman in the room? Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Right. So that'd be fun. That'd be such a fun challenge for your artist to convey that, okay, we don't technically. Because, again, when we read comics, some people do. They sit down meticulously and they're looking at it. But some of us read it for quick leisure. Mm-hmm. So you might miss that you never see Batman and his his new persona in the same room and whatnot and then just yeah he's straight up calling bats out well you know how do you know when he went into the morgue he didn't tamper with the bodies Mm -hmm. how can you justify all this stuff you know what if he is the guy letting villains loose he just goes in and out of arkham whenever he wants who's to say he's not opening doors and letting people out exactly and and you could you could you could also do it where it's uh you have batman and this third persona you know uh in the room at the same time but then like he, that other persona leaves right before robin shows back up you know like he's out of the room and, and batman's like Ooh, oh yeah you play it that way yeah, yeah. So like, like he's the only he's one in gordon's it. office and then he walks out right as gordon's walking in and yeah yeah really fuck with your reader man i like <laughs> that it's tough because i want to call it my own worst enemy oh that wouldn't be bad but, but you can't it call away. it that yeah, yeah so you gotta wait till the trade and then you can use that title <laughs> yeah i don't know i think that'd be an interesting story well, that would be because that's part of what, like, you know, people talk about, like, Batman. And it's like, well, with prep time, he could. I mean, that means the man's a mental genius. Right. But what happens, you if know, like, cracks. it's, well, what was the, the mathematician movie? Um, oh, uh, oh uh, A Beautiful Mind. A Beautiful Mind. There you go. He made up a whole bunch of personality yeah. personas for him to interact with. And- yeah. And, like, I mean, for me, like I, like, I felt like a detective when I was watching that movie because it was like, the girl never aged. What? You know, and then it's like, oh, and that's what's neat is that maybe you could have some bits in there where, like, that's what helps the, you know, but it's like, ultimately, now maybe that's something Batman has to deal with. There is that nagging persona that's in his mind, you know? So, yeah, that could have some cool ramifications. And then that's what I think that would be the other thing would be that what what happens to Batman comics after that point? Because Bruce has to take into account that, hey, I have a split personality or, you know, there's something, yeah, there's something something's I'm broken. There, there might be another one year later scenario where him, he has to go live on an island by himself to, to you know, get himself healthy <laughs> again. That's what we need. A, that, that, that little spin off from that. We need a, a vacation book with Ollie and Bats where they just go to an island. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, these two millionaires are stranded. And they're like, no, this is actually this is what we needed. <laughs> Uh, okay, well that that gets us into our our challenge for this week, and it's something that you I guess was a little just a little bit of nagging at you, it was tugging at the back of your your mind. Yeah, so I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, what can we talk about? So, like, I don't know. I, th- so this stems out of it for me. So like, I, I I really like I think about it. Like, I would love to be a comic book writer, but to, uh, I mean, obviously, I have a, a, a nine to five job, but. If I didn't have that or, you know, it's like because I, I want to be disciplined as a writer, but it's hard to when, you know, life is happening. Right. So it's like, well, maybe I could be an editor where it's like it'd be neat to, like, come up with these ideas, give them to the writer and see it come to fruition and stuff like that. I don't know if that's how editors work or what. So, I, you know, I was thinking about stuff and it's like I, I tried putting myself in the editorial shoes of the Bat family right now. And like, I mean, not to say that. You know, well, obviously, as we saw in San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I mean, I know it was kind of a joke, but there probably was a little bit of seriousness to it. So, like, people, and not that they're meaning it, it's just your emotions get the best of you, but people were threatening Tom King. And it's like, wow. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, so what if before that? Because obviously Mark Guggenheim, I'm sure he experienced a little bit, but he did give fans something. You know, so it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to have Kitty Pride, Mary Colossus. This has been the wedding we've been waiting for since Kitty first kissed Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the Batman Catwoman wedding. This is the wedding we've been waiting for since 19. Batman Returns at the very least. Oh, okay, you know, like, yeah. We've been wanting these these relationships to happen. They're solid relationships. They make sense. You know, it's not like, no offense to the writer who wrote that, but, you know, Storm and Black Panther. Hey, let's just marry them. You know, it's no... You know, at least when the other side did it, it was Green Arrow, Black Canary. That was one we'd been wanting. There was a history. 
Exactly. That's a good phrase. That's the right word. Um, so anyways, I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, well, obviously the X-Men editors were like, well, look, there's probably going to be some fallout from that. So what could we do? So, you know, and it worked to their favor because then we got the, the four issue miniseries book, Mr. And Mrs. X, you know, so it's like Rogan Gambit. They came through. That's another wedding that does make sense that we've been wanting, you know, so I thought about that. So I was like, Ooh, what would be, let's say DC decided to do that. Obviously, their spin-out book was Catwoman, but what if they decided, hey, let's make a Mr. and Mrs. Bat book, Mm -hmm. you know, so who would you put in that set? So I just thought maybe that's, you know, something that could have gotten a little bit of flack off of the fact that they didn't get married was to have people talking about the marriage that did happen. So who would you take? You're in the the DC offices, any DC-related character, well, Bat-related, sorry, any Bat-related character, because it's your office, you can't say, well, you know, Shazam is going to marry... Batgirl. I mean, you'd have to maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mitch made a face like, "Oh, I, I guess this pick's not." But you know, but it's one of those things. So it's like, all right, in the Bat family, who would you marry? Well, I mean, before we get to that, real fast, I want to. I mean, uh, just to clarify for people, uh, at the Kitty Pride Colossus wedding, they decided not to go through with it. Kitty decided not to go through with it. Uh, I believe yeah, she and got cold feet because basically she proposed to uh, Colossus, and she was like, "I really want to marry you. This is what I want." And, of course, he says yes because he's loved her from day one and and all that type of stuff. But then the night, like, I guess the bachelorette party, Ileana has a chat with Kitty. And Kitty and Ileana are are already sisters. You know, they're they're the best of friends and all that stuff. And Ileana's just like, I don't know if your guys' love is like it used to be. So she puts doubt in Kitty's mind. And here it is the day of the wedding and, you know, the bridal march. She gets up there and when the question's asked, she's just like, I can't. And then phases off and runs away. And then Gambit and, and, Gambit and Rogue are like, hey, there's an open bar. <laughs> it's everything's already done. Gambit drops to Anine. He's like, Sherry, will you marry me? Because <laughs> that's how he talks. And he said it exactly like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> And um, there you go. Which, I mean, they did get the Mr. and Mrs. X book afterwards, and I thought it was interesting that, because we had the Rogue and Gambit book before that, uh, I don't know if that's still going or if it was just a miniseries. No, that was a miniseries, and if I remember correctly, I think at least the writer returned. Okay. I don't know if the artist did as well. For the Mr. and Mrs. X? Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. X. So, now, the big difference between the two, two weddings is, you know, the X wedding, we had everybody there. We had all the ex characters the families and stuff like that yeah over at the bat wedding it was just alfred judge wolfman Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, yeah judge wolfman and then and what would have been kitty and holly oh, kitty yeah exactly i'm oh, sorry holly and catwoman <laughs> oh yeah sorry yeah. Uh, so there you go it was alfred and holly that get married <laughs> and, and yeah that's that's where my my story has to you know diverge a little because uh <laughs> for either because i actually have two picks i have the pick where Who's the equivalent to Gambit and Rogue okay. in the DC universe or in the Bat family? And then there, who's the the couple that I think should have done it? Like, who would have been a good wedding to to also happen or to happen instead since this one didn't happen? Right. But in both scenarios, we had to have a big family wedding. Like, people had to have been invited. It had to have happened, you know, in, in front of others. Okay. So, to go with my who my equivalent to Gambit in Rogar, I went with uh, Vic Sage, the question, and Huntress Helena Bartonelli. I oh, think wow. I think the two of them are just crazy enough and just, like, uh, imp- <laughs> impulsive enough to be, like... Even though... It, I, I guess I haven't read a lot of Helena Bar- Bartonelli in the Rebirth universe. That I'm going more off of, uh, you know, pre-Flashpoint uh, characterizations yeah, her, of those. post-crisis ca- Right, yeah. yeah. But uh, to me, I just feel like, yeah, they would have, like, Vic would have stood up and been like, you know what? They're, everybody's here. I barely know you people, but I love I love Helena. Let, let's do this. <laughs> and she'd been like, ah, sure, why not? Like, kind of thing. And I think the, the wedding would have, or that, that would have been the thing. The wedding would have went on. I like that because, you you know what, in that, in that way... They are. They're those rogues, those thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, those the ones that aren't in the spotlight of the family. That is a that's a damn good pick. And they've had they've had a relationship on and off for you know many years, just like Rogue and Gambit. And and uh, I, I just I, I always go back to that that miniseries where uh, the question is like kind of training Helen or the Huntress to to tamper her 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 rage, her anger. You know, they're out in the middle of the cabin in the woods and stuff like that, and just 
coming to know each Ooh, other. That's a good, and that that does set a precedent for why he would feel that for her. Uh, the other way I w- would have went, the 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 one that I think would have fit would have been a good, uh, the one or kind of been the the one that everybody wants. It would have to have been Dick Grayson and Barbara. Like <laughs> the two of them just would be on either side of the aisle. Uh, I, I could see. Barbara maybe of standing up for uh you know Catwoman like as in being in her bridal shower right. or you know her bar- her bridal party yeah or oh, yeah bridal party sorry and uh and Dick would have just been overcome with the whole with the emotion of the whole thing and just been like this is a wedding my my adopted father you know kind of is getting married and and oh it didn't happen but I'm still filled with all this joy and happiness and he would have looked over and been like that's the girl that's the one that's been there for me since the beginning kind of thing and uh-huh. uh I, how could it be anybody else how could i have married starfire all those years ago <laughs> are you specifically calling out a fan or i two? might be so uh that's uh you be catching some hands <laughs> i might i might uh so there you go that's who i, I those are my two options of what would have happened in the dc universe had had they have done the same thing so I thought about it long and hard too, and that that obviously came to my mind. Yeah, like, I figured it would. So the X Men wedding, you know, there was a group. The Bat wedding, there wasn't. So mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, and that's why I even made the joke to myself. It's like, so that means it would have been Alfred and Holly. <laughs> <laughs> While that could be a unique book, you know, somebody who's very clean, somebody who's very messy, the odd couple, you ooh. know. I was like, oh, that could be fun, but no, no, it would really wouldn't. No. Um, so I thought about it, and obviously, what do I want? And you know, Dick Grayson is one of my top tier characters. And when I think about who Dick should be with, you know, I always come towards Babs, you know, and I thought about it and I was like, that's the way I want to go. But then I was like, you're going to be expecting that. <laughs> I was. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so no. And, and I thought about the logistics. And I was like, actually, that could work. You know, there is a new direction for the, the Batgirl book. The Nightwing book could use a shot in the arm and that could totally be it. You know, you, you cancel both books. You do, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Bat, and then you relaunch the two, and there you go. And it's like, from an editorial standpoint, I'd be happy with that. It sells. It is an event unto itself. And, you know, it would be such the shock and awe that people would be like, wow, I forgot Bruce and and Selena. We're talking about Dick and Babs now. Mm -hmm. But the hardest part for me with that, and again, like I thought from the editorial standpoint, the hardest part is that goes outside of what, what, um, is happening, is in, happening in Tom King's book, though. Oh, uh, okay. You know, because, yes, I know, and I and I, that wasn't something I tossed in your lap. That was just something I thought. So I was like, okay. So I, 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 I kind of tightened it up, and I thought about Tom King's run, and these were characters that were fresh in my mind because I'm doing the reread. So for me, okay, and luckily in my story, they don't necessarily have to be there for the wedding. Like maybe the wedding didn't happen, and we see Bruce at the cave, and you know, like extend the pages so you just have Bruce and he's at the cave and he's just crushed and he's crying and he's screaming and this is and uh, you know I get a little bit more inspiration from Batman issue fifty two here where you know he's kind of almost reacting like the death of his parents because mm-hmm. he lost something that meant something to him and I want Gotham Girl to see him I want Claire Clover to look up and just see that raw emotion and it's gonna hit her in the heart because she just went through that. Her mother and father were killed by, you know, uh, CIA type agents that were masquerading for Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Hugo Strange. Uh, her brother was driven insane and, and killed, you know, so she understands that. And herself, she was even driven to the point of insanity, of fear. And it's like, is that how, you know, and she looks at Bruce, who is supposed to be kind of like a, a mentor towards her. And it's like, is that how I want to live my life? Do I want that loss? And she thinks about the one person who was there for her, Duke Thomas. Oh, wow. The signal. So she's going to be like, wow, he was the one that he didn't know me. He stood by my side. I could have crushed him like a grapefruit, and he still stayed there. You know, they, 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 they've been friends. I know, obviously, they haven't been in the books together, so it'd be kind of a far-fetched relationship. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, she is very much alone, and he's very much alone. Mm-hmm. His parents have been jokerified. You know, and so that's where she decides that, you know, when she looks at the Bat family, it is all dark, but he's the signal. And so she proposes to him. And that's the couple that I'd have get married because, again, Duke Thomas is a Scott Snyder creation. 
So he only had that miniseries. He's, he's got not much going on. Gotham Girl is a Tom King creation. So those are characters that could stay tight into the book and, yeah, spin off a miniseries from there, you know, The Signal and Gotham Girl. And maybe I even toyed with the idea maybe at the end of this because I just I don't care for the name The Signal. Mm. I like the costume. I think it's neat. And so maybe maybe he gives up The Signal and he becomes Gotham. The new Gotham. He's the new Gotham, you know, something like that. But those are the two characters I would have gone with. I would have Claire Clover propose to Duke Thomas and and give those two kids a, a happier shot at life after everything that's been taken from that's, them. That's definitely interesting. I like that you kept it in Tom King's run. Like, that obviously, that makes a lot more sense towards the book uh, or towards the decision with the book being there. So, uh, very cool. I think I have to throw out one more suggestion just because... Well, speak now or forever hold your peace, yeah, right? <laughs> there you go. But it's just because, like, you will have, you would be so, if they decided to do this, it'd be so divisive because you would have half the people being like, yes, this is what is supposed to happen. This is how they were supposed to end up. And the other half would be like, no, they, she has become her own character now and she doesn't need that, that other guy, Harley and Joker. Like Ooh. it would be, but at, from a story standpoint, just in general, uh-huh. it, and I would, I would have it that the Joker throws out the, the proposal just because he'd be like, this is the thing that no one would expect from me. It's the most insane thing that I could possibly do. And he just throws it out there. Like, let's do it. Let's get married. Like kind of thing. And she would like, even though she's, she's gone out on her own, she's like kind of been she's like grown as a character and, and I don't need the Joker anymore like that. Like just like the, the kick that she would be like, Whoa, Maybe there are a whole bunch of emotions I have left for him, like kind of thing. Yeah, it could jar her. And yeah. It's like, wow. Him throwing those words out there did this to me. Right. There's something. So there. then, like the the you, you'd see like after Catwoman leaves Batwoman Batman at the the altar, so right. to speak. Like you you pan down on those panels where Batman's jumping off the the roof or whatever. Uh huh. And you just see laughing, ha 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 ha, kind of thing, right? So then, uh. That's when Joker's like, all right, he, you know, he didn't get married. I'm the best man. I need to go figure out how to get married now kind of thing. And he, <laughs> and he goes and he, he proposes to Harley and they get married right, you know, right from there. It's maybe even they, they, they kidnap uh, Judge Wolfman to do it kind of thing. I was going to say th- this would be so scary for Judge Wolfman that he actually sobers up. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's like, oh, God, I'm going to die. <laughs> so he sweats I, the alcohol out. And I, and I could just see, like, you know, there's the, the, the fans that have always been like Joker and Harley, the eternal love kind yeah. of thing. And then there's the other fans that are just like Harley fans that are like, no, Harley's so much better than Joker yeah, and stuff like that. grew that abusive relationship yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy enough that it just might work no <laughs> i had to say that yeah, I had to say it. <laughs> so there you go if you had uh, another set of uh loved ones in the batman universe that you think would have taken up the mantle of getting married just because they were wrapped up in the emotion of a of a wedding that didn't happen we'd love to hear from you i'm on twitter as mitchipedia g-e-r chris is also on twitter as stuff i should say should being spelled s-h-u-d the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Well, it is on Instagram, but it's also at, it, it, at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and Geek Elite Radio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.